computer. All right, and I think we're good. How's everyone doing? It's Abraham and Jordan, as you guys all know. He's a professional runner, so he's your fast friend. I'm in, I'm in med school, so I'm your smart friend. But the important thing is that we're both friends who read One Piece. And yes, this week, chapter 1101 just dropped. It's crazy that we've had 1,100 chapters of this amazing series. Uh, Jordan, why don't you tell me what you kind of took away from the series? What uh, from from the from the chapter? What what kind of what kind of happened that you thought was notable? Yeah, we saw chapter starts out. Kuma sees Luffy hanging out with uh, you know, doing his gum gum battle axe, hanging out with Dragon, uh, talking about him after kind of implying that it's a uh, you know, implying that he's realizing that that's his kid because Dragon spent a lot of time over there. And you know, Dragon says some interesting things about how uh, a child is a parent's weakness. Interesting, interesting comment. We can come back to that later, and you know what that might be implying in that conversation. Uh, we saw Kuma writing a lot of letters to Bonnie. We saw Alifa, maybe Khalifa, uh, destroying him. Bonnie's sad, really, really heartbreaking. Uh, and eventually, as they were trying to hold Bonnie hostage, Queen Connie, the Dowager, realizes that. Uh, Bonnie's healthy. She overheard um, Khalifa talking about it and helped her escape by pretending to take her place. That was actually a hilarious panel where Bonnie's like, <laughs> where Connie's like, I'm Bonnie, what are you talking about? He just was <laughs> He's like, you're not her. Um, so now, now we kind of understand the origin of the uh, Bonnie pirates or whatever they're called. And uh, and of course, like at the end, and probably like one of the, the more notable things, we got to see some of Bonnie's powers Um we got to see some of Bonnie's powers as, you know, she, her ship was being attacked uh, as they were like heading off to sea. Uh, and she said, distorted future and said, give me a Nika ish future. Yeah. And when that happened, she had her big old arm blow up looking kind of like Luffy's and she punched him right in the face uh, yeah. later on. So I, I mean, I think that's one of the things I don't understand that power. I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know if we know yeah. uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the machinations of that fruit. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, like you, I was really confused when I saw it because we haven't, I I mean, we haven't gotten a formal explanation of Bonnie's fruit yet, but, you know, everything we've seen in the series made it seem like she can age herself up or down and she can age other people up or down. But when right. I saw that, it made me, so I think Oda put out in like some SBS or something like that where like alternate timelines of the Straw Hat Pirates, like good futures and evil futures. And we kind of talked about this um, where, you know, you kind of, yeah, like there's like how Zoro looks at like, you know, 20 years and 40 years post end of the story. Um, if like everything goes well versus if everything goes poorly. Right. Um, and like he did that for like all the Straw Hats. So it almost seems to imply that Bonnie can not only age herself up or down, but that she could age herself into like these different timelines. You know what I mean? Like maybe there is a timeline where she eats the the Gomu Gomu no Mi and she becomes Nika, and like that's like, and she's aging herself into that. Maybe there's another time. The thing is, I don't, I don't understand. I feel like this would be the most broken fruit because, like, could could you not just age yourself into a timeline where you have like the quake quake fruit? age yourself into a timeline where you have like the Phoenix fruit. Like I don't, and obviously I, I like, we're, we're going to get an ex. 
I'm assuming we're going to get a more detailed explanation about the fruit's abilities down the line. But if that's the case, I feel like yes, the, her fruit is by far the most broken devil fruit that we've seen. Yeah, I don't well, know. I, I don't know. I don't know what you like. How you interpreted the feat? It's that she definitely off like what you're pointing out is the age, age fruit or toshi, toshi fruit, like whatever that you might have thought it was called before, doesn't really seem to describe the thing that's actually happening. And honestly, I really like that you, you know, I think you sent out in our Discord server earlier today, um, about the in the Discord server earlier today about the different futures, right? Like there was like a Reddit post about them or whatever. And I think that's something that's really interesting because so often in the SBS, the things that we see Oda give us, right? Like that's where we get a lot of the answers about a lot of the number theory that comes up in the Uteron videos that I keep bringing up in Japanese that seem insignificant and then actually have uh, real implications for the story. That's when Oda said, oh, my favorite panel is when he's dancing like Nika. And so it's really interesting to think that like, Maybe that was actually him giving us a hint about something important for the story. I'll say I don't think that um, I'll say that I don't think that her power just, uh, you know, I don't think it means that we're going to some kind of like multiverse, right? Like this is, this is not Marvel. <laughs> There's not going to yeah. be like a, an alternate universe where we're jumping in between and like going in different timelines and things like that. But it's interesting thinking of if that is the possibility of what she's able to actually do. Um, that's an OP fruit. And it also could potentially have really interesting implications for the story and what's going to happen to like our characters and things like that, right? Yeah. And I mean, I I almost, you know, this girl set out to see at nine years old, right? And managed to become right. a supernova and, you know, like, protect herself so i guess maybe we should have we we should expect that she has some crazy broken devil fruit if she was able to because i i don't think it's quite on the the feat that she pulled off is quite the same as big mom you know beating up on the the giant leaders in elbath as a child but like it i feel like it kind of scales to that you know what i mean like luffy at nine is like fighting regular tigers you know and <laughs> right 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 still unbelievable but it's like you know not superhuman whereas this girl at nine is leading a whole ass pirate crew through the grand line right like turning like whatever she did earlier in the chapter two when she like just became yeah. just like jacked right and yeah. i don't know what's wrong with khalifa real quick too like <laughs> like whenever someone's just like did i imagine something i'm like <laughs> you know i guess like in the real world things that are that crazy like don't actually happen Right, but I'm like, I'm like, whenever you see things like that, I'm like, what do you mean? Did you imagine that? Like, if you like, if you saw a person and they were just like, like five times as jacked as they were like eight seconds ago, and then they were a little kid, like, surely you wouldn't just be like, did I imagine that? In a world where devil fruits exist, you know what I mean? Like, if this, exactly. if this, if this happens in like real life, you know, you're like, I, I must be sleep deprived or something, you know, you can dismiss it however you want to dismiss it. And you're like, you know that, you know, powers exist, right? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, like you're on CP whatever she was at that point. She's been nine, yeah. CP 10, like whatever the week one was. It's like, yeah. dang, like if you know devil fruits exist and that people who do, like people can turn themselves literally into fire, uh, you should yeah. not be so skeptical of like oh i saw someone be big earlier and now they're small i'll tell you I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story though man. i had one time in my life i actually thought i was dreaming when i was awake mm -hmm. there there was an earthquake in st louis about 2000 
that must have been about 2007, 2008. And I'm in my house and the alarm system starts going up in the middle of the night. And my mom, you know, I mean, listen, I know you're an African family. So it's, my mom's traditional too, right? And it's like, uh -huh. you're the man. You have to, you're the man. So you have to go down with me and my sister, my mom. And I'm like, I'm 14 years old. It's like, you're the man. So you have to go check if the alarm system goes off. So I go down. So I go down there, and the house is shaking, <laughs> like everything, like everything is rumbling. <laughs> I was like, "Am I actually dreaming right now? Like, did I make this up?" Uh, I turned the alarm system. I went back to bed, and I went to school the next day. Everyone said there's an earthquake. That's that's when I knew I wasn't dreaming. <laughs> but I hadn't dreamt it. <laughs> oh, it said it actually happened. Like there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. Yeah, that was all. Like, like, <laughs> there was a time in my life though when, like, that's the only time in my life I ever actually thought I was dreaming. Um, but at least I figured that out. And I'm just saying, like, Khalifa, if that happened to her, like, you know, she she should be a little bit smarter than that. If you're like a high level government agent who understands devil fruits exist, uh, and that you're protecting this person who's like hanging out with freaking Vegapunk, right? Yeah. Like. And she's grown too. She's not like a, a 14 year old kid, like 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 you, you know. She's a no. grown ass woman. But no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other other than this, uh, Bonnie Devil Fruit stuff, I got to like for all the sad stuff that has happened to Kuma, like how tragic his backstory has been. I don't know why, but Bonnie never receiving his letters for me, has been the saddest part of the backstory. And I know mm. him giving up his soul and his identity is, like, you know, probably sadder than that. But it just, I think it's because it it doesn't feel like, people people in real life can't give up their identity like that. I don't, you know, barring, like, you know, like, you know, like a stroke or something like that. Right. But, like, yeah. It just, you, definitely, you definitely couldn't give up your identity and, like, keep moving around the world, right? Like, you would give up yeah. your identity and you'd be, like, on a, you'd be on a freaking, you'd be a vegetable, and, right? You'd be on a... a yeah, and for me, it was, like, this man already sacrificed so much. He gave up, he gave up literally his his whole life, his, like, everything. And they still, they, they still wouldn't give him or his family the satisfaction of, like, knowing that he loves her, you know? And that, that, yeah. for some, that really got to me, this chapter. I was, I was viscerally upset at Alifa or whatever her name is. Did, did like, you cry? Fuck this bitch. Did you cry? Uh, it came close. Came close. <laughs> came close. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't quite like Zuko reuniting with Iroh, but like it came right. close. Oh. Yeah, man. I feel that it's yeah. I think the way you put that there, I hadn't even thought. Of just like, just like, uh, she just like the saddest part is her just never getting to know that. He loved her, you know, it's, it's it, it, like really just like her asking everyone, seeing in the mail every day, is there a letter coming on? He said he'd write all the time and nothing for like months and years. And especially knowing the frequency with which he was writing him. I think that's what really I think that's what really made that sad for me is like knowing that this dude thinks he's writing letters to make this little girl feel loved. And he's writing them like every week and over and over. And like Khalifa's sitting here mm -hmm. being like, oh, my God, how could this guy write so many letters? Um I mean, really, really heartbreaking to to see yeah. that. Um, really, really makes you know. I think that moment when she just when she asks and they have to keep explaining it, it's it's tragic. But also, at the very least, I mean, you would think they could censor some stuff, right? Like you know <laughs> what they used to do in like uh, Japan during the war, it's like censor some of the stuff from the letters, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was really sad. Or it's it's really good at least that you know that was part of what helped Queen Connie uh, figure out that. Bonnie needed to get out of there, right? Like that's part of what what helped Queen Connie realize that yeah. like 
like that she was like not that. yeah exactly that she was it was not a benevolent it was not a benign situation yeah no and then the last thing i wanted to talk about for this chapter is actually what you said at the beginning kind of as a uh, joke yeah. but the whole the whole dragon yeah dragon so you know that's what i want to get to uh let yeah. me tell you let me tell you why i think this was it was it was great great so, conversation it was it was great because dragon you know he says he's like you know this stoic dude you know had like people don't really think of him as human he is like you know ice in his veins kind of thing and he says to kuma he's just like when kuma brings up he's like oh this is your son right he's just like yeah you know a child will, can be the death of a parent i think the implication is like if people were to find out Luffy is my son, that that would put me in a very vulnerable position, right? Right. Exactly. And the irony of him saying that to Kuma, when Kuma, literally everything that Kuma is going through right now is because the leverage that the world government has over him because of Bonnie. You know what I mean? Like, right. He, it's like it's just really, really ironic that it's being like this. This message is being because Kuba's <laughs> Kuba's is like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly how uh, a child could be uh, a weakness of a of a parent. You know, um, I, I I think that that was a pr it's, pretty cool for for Oda to do to do it like that. No, definitely. I mean, you know, it's it's really crazy how in that moment Kuma realized, you know, what had happened to Jenny. You know, and how Dragon, you know, Dragon had recognized that that's what got Jenny, knowing <laughs> that she had another child, and that and that knowing he had already watched his comrade and lover, Jenny, go down because she had a weak spot. She had another child. She watched that happen over in the East Blue. And so that's when he says the child is the parent's weak spot because we saw what happened. And, and right after that panel, you see Kuma with a double exclamation marks, right? <laughs> with a double exclamation uh -huh. marks of realizing, saying, oh, my God, like, I'm not I just put these pieces together. This is actually what happened. And this is this is why my good friend Jenny died. She was protected. She had a weak spot. And that's what Dragon wants to avoid for himself is protecting the kid and also protecting himself. And that's what that's what put Kuma through all of it. Going out looking at Dragon's and Ginny's, uh, the, the child they had together, who's a little bit older than Bonnie. You you know Joaquin was flaming you in the group chat for that take. Man, I don't even care, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it. He said it. He was just like, bro, I don't understand why, you know, you, you think Dragon is is, is, is going to be making moves on, on, on the woman Kuma loves. And I was just like. Bro, Dragon didn't know about all I, that. <laughs> Dragon and Kuma let me tell you said something. no. Jordan, Kuma, I, let said me tell you no. Kuma said no many times. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If if there was some girl, let's say you know I want to move to Canada, right? I want to move to I want to go home to Canada. Let's say there's you know my current girlfriend. You know what I right. mean? That's it. We love each other. Everything's going great, but that's a deal breaker for her. She doesn't want to leave the U.S. I don't want to leave Canada. Uh, you know, I, I want to go back to Canada. So we end up breaking up because and like being like, you know, we'll still be friends. We're still going to maintain a good relationship. If you made a move on her, I'm telling you, it's on site. 
<laughs> Listen, man, hold on, man. How are you gonna make that the analogy when you get on? You got on me that whole time for imperfect analogies about Josh Giddy when I had a very specific point I was trying to make. Kuma and Jenny, like, if if this girl, if 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 you had it, like, did you you ever have a girl who had a crush on you when you were younger? No, I I I, I didn't oh have man, like come on, man, you 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 <laughs> have it like that. At all. Come on, I know you had a girl with a crush on you one time. I promise you, I didn't. <laughs> Dude, you but didn't. we can pretend. We can pretend that I uh, did. <laughs> okay, okay. In, in in a few years when you're a doctor, okay. Yeah. In a few years when you're a doctor. Uh, you know, maybe you oh, go into. Sorry, you said practice. as a. I thought you said as a kid. You know, as a, once I grew up a little bit, you know, I I I I, I you know, I, I started to, you know, exude the right kind of energy, you know. But as like. <laughs> Pretty high, basically up until high yeah, school. Yeah, what, what, what would you, you call know, that, no, that right kind of energy? Let me tell. What would you call oh, that kind of energy? Some riz. Just what the youths call riz, man. The riz. You know? <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> I'm. I was saying pre-high school, like up up until like college. I, I, so 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 we're, we're talking about from when you had the sauce, right? From when okay. you had the sauce. Uh, the little you know you tell me about a little girl who had a crush on you that you didn't like back. I mean, there's there's not much to say because nothing came from this. Shit. I mean, <laughs> there was a, a, a friend a friend tried to set me up with her, and uh, I was just like, I'm not feeling it. And yeah, but she liked you. But she liked you. Yeah. Well, I okay. I think I think I think she might. She was interested in pursuing something, but I wasn't. I mean, did you ever have a friend who liked you and you had them in the friend zone? No, no, no. No. Oh man. Okay. Whatever, man. What? Well, let's pretend. Tell, that tell you, me. Tell me about you. you this pretend, seems like it happened to you, though. I, I like. I can't. I guess I can't think of like an immediate instance, but like you know, like there would be girls who I would like knew, and then they would like you know, it's like, oh, Katie, like you just tried to kiss me at this like party in college, and that's not how I feel about you. Like we cool, but oh, Asha. <laughs> oh my God, Asha. Oh yeah. Oh, it's definitely Asha. That's actually. Oh yeah. That was the whole thing. And then I went and then I like went for like she she we got close because she's trying to help me with this girl. Um, This girl who's a Harvard sprinter whose number I got that helps me who is still like I'll tell you what, man. Like, every time I go on her Instagram, I'm like, dang, like I went on like three dates with you. That's that might be the best thing I ever do in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, it's going downhill from there. Uh, she was beautiful and she was very cool. We got along really well. Just, you know, circumstances weren't going to work out. Uh, and I was a young man then too. And then less mature. Uh, but the, let's talk about, you know, Asha, we got close. We started hanging out all the time. Uh, and, you know, it became kind of clear over time she liked me. And, you know, I, I was kind of, don't get me wrong. She was, honestly, she was bad. Like, if I go back and I redo this thing, like, I might think I might think differently about it. I was also just not very mature at that point either. Yeah. But, you know, we, uh, you know, we hung out, like, a couple, you know, on her birthday. We, like, made out. You know, we ended up, like, hanging out a few more times. Uh, and then, like, for whatever reason, I just, like, kind of cooled on the thing. I think I just, like, wasn't mature enough to handle it. Like, sent, you know, I had different whatever reasons, like, you know, friends asking this, this, and that, and want the attention. Like, uh, really just, like, like a lot of just, like, dumb, immature guy stuff, right? Like, when, you know, yeah. when I was 20 years old. And, like, you know, listen, like, we had a thing. She liked me. And, like, you know, if if one of my boys told me, like, I'm dating Asha now, I would say, hey, listen, you know, 
I, I had an opportunity. I could have done this. I said, no, she's a beautiful, very nice woman. Uh, and I respect, mm -hmm. I respect the decision. Like I, I had to think, and mm -hmm. that's what Kuma had. Kuma, Kuma no. was not dating this woman. No, but he loved her. He loved, he loved, he loved her. Man, I loved Asha. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I mean, you, you, you didn't love her like Kuma loved her. <laughs> Listen, but he loved her like family. It's different. You know what I'm saying? He loved yeah. her like family. He loved her like family, but he wasn't in that moment where he felt like I need to be, love you in this way. You know, he loved her like a sister, like a, a you know, yeah, for whatever reason. Away, but for whatever reason, if that's the relationship, that's not something else. Especially like she. It, if you say no to that romantic relationship, she yeah. has the capacity. She she has the right to just be to, to to move on, right? And like if that's with someone you're cool with, and you said no to the relationship, yeah. and it wasn't a breakup, it wasn't like you all were together, uh, and then she it was you said no to the relationship, nothing happened. You're you're a close friend. It's like dang, like my close friends dating my uh my homies, like that's that's yeah. an amazing situation. We get to all be friends, and that's what happened with Kuma. That's all good. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have to agree to disagree and move on to S class versus F class because uh, we just see this different. Okay, because I have we're one more have theory to that's gonna tie in with that, so I'm gonna add that back in S class and F class. So I'm gonna have an extra one for you today. <laughs> okay, okay. You already start us off. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll start okay. with the uh, I'll start with the one I planned on uh, first. Okay, it's from Drop the Pizza Dorobiza, uh, Japanese okay. YouTuber. So you know, I had to read it. You know, it was talking just sort of about like what might happen later on in the theory. And it basically suggests that what's going to happen because we need a group of five to fight the elder stars. And we don't really have like a natural group of five unless we have the whole straw hats. And it's just like a one V one series. Um, yeah. It's suggesting that what's going to happen is some sort of mutiny within the um, within the admiral ranks. And you're actually going to end up with the five admirals, including the two who are no longer admirals, fighting the elder stars as a part of the as a part of the like battle against, uh, you know, against the yeah, against the elder stars. So uh, mm -hmm. I'll give a little more rationale later when we talk more about it. But yeah. let's just start from the jump. S class or F class. From from what I've heard so far, I'm going to stay S class. The reason why I'm going to say S class is because. I 100% believe that Fujitora is not going to be fighting alongside the world government and the Marines at the end of the story. Like, I I, I think there's almost no chance because of what happened on, like, Dressrosa, right? Like, he fights for, for even during the reverie, he was like, I, I think it was, like, Green Bull who was like, Fujitora, what, like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're, you're not, you're not helping me, right? Like, right. I think for him, He's going to fight for what he deems as being the just cause. And I think what's going to end up happening later on in the story, once like, you know, the curtain gets pulled back a little bit and the true evil of the world government is revealed, Fujitora is not going to be willing to, to, to fight alongside them. So I definitely think he's switching sides. Aokiji, like, you know, he's he's not he's he's not a real Blackbeard pirate. I don't I don't care what anyone says. He's not the last Titanic right. captain. I think he's also going to be fighting against the world government at some point. Um, uh, and then as for like, I, 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 if the idea is all five of them, like Akainu and Green Bull and, and, and Kizaru also have to, then I'm not really on board with the theory because Akainu, I think he just does like his justice is just completely black and white. Like on Ohara, he's just like, 
you know, if any any potential evil act I could do, murdering like tens of thousands of civilians right. is justified if that means that not a single scholar escapes, right? Like right. His, his sense of justice is just like, is is like, and they say absolute justice, however you want to define it, but like, I don't right. see him switching sides. And then Green Bull just seems like uh, kind of like a, not a puppet of uh, of our uh, of a kainu, but like I think he's gonna be more walk walking lock and step with a kainu. So and Kizaru, I would have I would have put with those three at the start of Egghead. Now with all this, you know, character growth we're getting from him, um, I I could see him switching sides. So I guess I'm calling it S class because I do think by by the end of the story, a good number of these animals are actually going to be joining in the fight against the world government. Yeah, so I, I love this theory. I definitely think it's an S-class theory. And just for context, Doropisa is the one who has the pole shift theory as well. So, you know, they're pretty prominent, um, you know, YouTube who has some pretty good advanced theories. So to give some context, too, in Japanese for what makes this theory make sense, uh, all of the planets that the Elder Stars are, right? Like in Japanese, the words for those planets are are like it's like an element and then kind of like planet, right? So you have Kisei, which is kind of like um, gold planet. You have like Kase, which is like fire planet. Uh, Suisei, like, you know, water planet, um, ground planet. Uh, that's a like tree planet already. I don't know. There's like, there's like one other one somewhere, right? Um, and it's really, th those kind of elements match up with the five admirals, right? Uh, you have... Uh, you have a tree in uh, Green Bull. You have fire in Akainu. You have water, Aokiji, gold, Kizaru. Um, you know, ground in a way is Fujitora, right? And so it's really, um, as we, you know, th th there seems to be like a little bit of parallelism there. I think there's some cool, like as we see Kizaru actually being a kind of good guy, like he's involved in a freaking Nika dance panel, right? Like that's, yeah. that's crazy uh, to see that if he's really like a totally bad guy and even one thing about Akainu, it, I guess like there's, there's so much about this, this theory that I honestly love is like, we know that Oda talks about a man dies when his dreams are defeated, right. Or when his ideals are defeated. It's like Luffy doesn't need to beat these dudes. It's, it's he just needs to like defeat their ideals and show them that another world is, is possible. And I think one thing we know about kid Akainu that we saw in the panels of him is he grew up like, or he grew up on the wrong side of these things, the what's happening at the world government. We don't know exactly what brought him up through this, but it's it's easy, you know, it would be very easy to understand him. I'm about to go all, you know, musical, uh, musical theater reference here, but as Javert from Les Mis, the, the person who grew up, uh, you know, I was born inside a jail. I was born with scum like you. Uh, I am from the gutter too. You know, he grows, he grows up in the poor and that, and he has a form of absolute justice where he's like, I grew up out of this. I like, and his ideals are shook. He ends up committing suicide because he saw Valjean, the main character in Les Mis, uh, who was once a criminal who would steal from a man, completely reform himself. Mm -hmm. And so understanding, you know, seeing there's being some possibility for change with Akainu and saying there might be a reason, like we know Oda doesn't write bad guys who are just evil he wrote writes bad guys who are evil for a reason and sometimes so we might yeah, sometimes but but yeah. much of the time right the bad guys are not yeah. uh much of the time the bad guys are yeah. have a level of complexity and i think seeing yeah, yeah. that with those five uh 
it would make a lot of sense when we talk about rebelling against the world government for rebelling against the the it's not the world government. It's the um the the freaking you know marriageois whatever the celestial dragons. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would yeah. make a lot of sense for us to actually see those five go against them. And I know last point here that I always talk about how the end of the series needs to be more um like it's going to be more complex than it's a series of one on ones between the straw hats and like the elder stars and the straw hats and blackbeard pirates whatever. Um, I think this is a way that that would actually happen, could actually happen and make a lot of sense and say, this is, this is how that battle gets more complex. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's an, it's an awesome, awesome theory. I I mean, and those, those I mean, that's, I think that's a, a, a good and unique perspective on Akainu. I, I still believe like, I, I think he will be, and he'll end up being written in the story as just like, I don't want to say I I I think Akainu could genuinely have that kind of backstory that you're, you're you're describing, like that kind of tragic backstory. But I don't think his behavior will change by the end of the series. But if if it did, like, and it happened in the way you described it, I would be all for it because that I, I I'm I, that that's that 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 is something that I would be into. So I'll, I'm going to give it an S class. Let's go, baby. S class number one. Yep. There what you, you go. got? Okay. Mine, mine is about the man marked by flames. So this is a second Ooh. man marked by flames theory. So, you know, I'm just going to tell you, the idea is that the man marked by flames is the warlord that Ace defeats in, uh, I think, chapter 1100. That we, we hear about Ace being defeating in chapter 11. What do you think? Ooh, CC, I'm very intrigued. I, I, I kind of like that theory. Because I, when I read that chapter, I was like, do we have any idea? That was one of the reactions I never actually got to in the last chapter. I was like, do we have any idea who this, like, <laughs> alleged warlord? Like, that doesn't seem yeah. like the kind of thing that just gets, like, dropped in out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and for there to be this character that we've kind of had mentioned a couple times, for us to, like, not have any idea who, uh, and, and that's the Man Walk by Flames, for us to have no idea who that warlord is. Um, that's a really interesting theory to me. I think I'm... Uh, yeah. I think I'm actually I think I'm into that. It's 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 simple, but it kind of explains an answer to one thing and it's sort of giving us a there's still a lot of mystery that we get to enjoy with it and hopefully something that we'd be able to to explore more. So you know, I'll yeah. give it a uh I'll give it an S class theory. Amazing. Yeah, honestly, it's there's not a whole lot to the theory, right? Like the theory is basically like, yeah, we know that there's a power like it doesn't even we know that there's a prominent person in the One Piece world that is the man marked by flames, and it doesn't really make sense that people would describe Dragon or Shanks like that, right? And those are the two biggest candidates right now. Um, and in all of a sudden, like you said, we get this random warlord, they don't even name him. It's just like they're just like, Yeah, Ace defeated a warlord, right? Uh, and that's with that's fire, basically with fire how powers. he got off, yeah. And who, what power did he have? Well, he had the fire, fire food, so right. He would literally be a man marked by flames. So I I, I also liked it because it, it gave us, it gave, I like, yeah, like Dragon fits the man marked by flames, except for the fact that everyone knows who the fuck Dragon is. Exactly. You know, everyone knows who he is. Yeah, everyone knows flames, who he is. Right? Yeah. We have no freaking yeah. clue who this guy is. So yeah, 100% yeah. Uh, all in. All right. So, uh, this one, this you know, this one be a little fun. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take what the theory was and a little bit, you know, elaborate, extrapolate upon it. Um, you know, so 
the theory from was from Grand Line, Grand Line Review is where I saw it at least. And it's that Bonnie's Devil Fruit chose her, right? And it's something else that kind of has its own will and was going out and and it was able to actually find um find Bonnie. That would kind of explain if it's some kind of like special fruit that lets us know exactly what um a, a kind of special fruit that lets us know exactly what um you know, why she can do those things. You know, I'm gonna go a little off the rails here and give you a little, you know, long, uh, long winded intro to it. Cause you know, where I kind of want to go, I, you know, actually I, I'm going to leave it to you real quick. And then I'm going to come back with, with, with some of my feelings on this theory. So okay. uh, Bonnie's fruit is, um, Bonnie's fruit is chose her and it kind of has a will of its own in the same way with Luffy and is not necessarily just like year, year, whatever, uh, S class or F class. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with F class right now. Ooh, F uh, class. Wait. I'm gonna go with F class. The reason the reason why I kind of am leaning that way is because so we're told that zone zone fruits specifically have a will of their own, and that so like the the Nika fruit chose Luffy, you know, and has been evading capture by the world government and so on. But I don't think we're told the same of that like that for Paramecia or for Logia fruits. So unless the argument is that she has a fruit kind of like Luffy's that was categorized as Paramecia, but really is a Zoan the whole time, I, I, I just I, I wouldn't be on board with it, right? And it, it feels like unless unless there's a particular like mythical Zoan that you know he's putting out there, I just I'm like I I I can't I can't be on board with that. Well, you know what if what if I suggested for you. That maybe okay. some of one of the futures that she's imagining when she's able to pull out the Nika powers is the future where she's the child of Ginny. Of Ginny. <laughs> like Luffy's the child, but she's the child of Ginny that gets the Nika fruit, and that's why she's able to do that. <laughs> what if I suggested <laughs> that? Would that be S class or F class? <laughs> wait, wait. Hey, what? She's Luffy's kid? What? What? <laughs> no, no, no. She, it's like it's like she's imagining two futures. And so, okay. like, because we see two futures, right? We see things go well, things go poorly, right? For all the different characters, in yeah. uh, for all the different characters, when Oda does the when Oda does the futures, this, here's the future where things go well. Here's the future things go go poorly. So, yeah. in the current timeline, you know, we're living in, there's a future in which, uh, Bonnie is the child of Ginny's, who ends up getting the disease, and ends up being, you know, sidelined, hidden somewhere. And ends up being the result, uh, being almost maybe the cause of Ginny's. You know, who knows? Could be the cause of Ginny's death, uh, or maybe in another timeline, Luffy is the child of Ginny's who has the disease and ends up, uh, you know, being the cause of of her death in that way. Could you, okay. you know, so so it's the two different timelines. It's like a little Luke and Leia. You know, they're on. Does, so does you're, that... you're saying in one of these timelines, she has the Nika fruit, and so the. Exactly. So it's the two fruits chose each of them, chose the child's children of Ginny. Would that make it more S class? That would because make it even more of an F class. <laughs> even more of it. It would be like FF class. <laughs> Bro, if one I'm genuinely concerned. If One Piece, like when we got Toki and found out she could time travel, I was a little concerned about timeline, timeline mm. stuff and whatnot, and like some fallacies coming up. But like, then we found out she could only go in the future, and I was like, okay, good. If we start getting into like some MCU timeline stuff with One Piece, then I feel like it's like impossible to do that well. So I'm I'm gonna call that 
a strong F class. <laughs> <laughs> but the last theory that I came up with literally as we were getting ready to pod, it's a troll theory, is that Ginny is Nami's mom. <laughs> Ginny is Nami's mom. Man, what do you think? With that. <laughs> I, I, I need a like like <laughs> I'm like I, I don't even I'm trying to I'm I'm like remember, you remember that Soldier Boy song where uh, you ever hear the one it was with it was with A Rab and it was called uh-huh. Report Card <laughs> and and uh he would say just get my report card got it back R S he's like throw some D's on that <laughs> <laughs> that's a real song. I've never, I haven't heard this song. I haven't. That's how. That's how I feel like this theory is coming out. Coming out. You know, you you it's showing up to the uh showing up. You get your report by mm-hmm. card back, and it's all Fs, and you're just hoping okay. to get some Ds thrown on that. But okay, but that theory. Well, let, me uh, you, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it. she she could be nominated. Please. So in uh Kuma's backstory, when we first beat Ginny, right? She specifically talks about how she's a pro thief. She's like, I'm an incredible thief. I can do X, Y, and Z, right? And then, who else do we know in this story is renowned for the thievery? Nami's. Where was Nami born? In the East Blue. Where was Jenny's station? In the East Blue. Also, we always say all these women look like Nami, right? So there's an uncanny resemblance between adult Jenny. And adult Nami. <laughs> so I feel like based off of all of these reasons <laughs> that not only is Ginny the mother of Bonnie, but she's also the mother of Luffy, apparently, and, and now Nami. So how do you feel about Ginny being Nami's mom? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you made that a lot you made that a lot more legit than I thought you would be able to. <laughs> um and and I think it's hilarious that you actually use the way Oda draws women. As a as a rationale for saying that she could be her mom, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. yo, that's crazy. Like, like just based on physique, it's like Ginny is Nami's mom and Khalifa's mom and Vivi's yeah. mom. Like, God, he was out here. Dang, he out here. <laughs> <laughs> like you thought it was bad if she was with Dragon. I, and I actually later on want to do, you know, one, one of our off weeks, maybe next week, we'll see. I would love to do a conversation about uh, Oda drawing women because I have an actual interesting take on that. Um, okay. But obviously still an F-class theory, but I'm impressed by you making it that legit. It is true. Nami was a uh, Nami was a refugee. Um, but I think we would all honestly be annoyed if it just like turned out that Luffy and Nami were like, or like, you know, it was like Ginny. <laughs> I'm not even trying to that time. I, I'm not even trying. I swear to God, I'm not even trying to that time. I just said that. That just, that just came out wrong. I think we would all be annoyed if it was just like Nami is this like extra special person uh, who was like a daughter of the revolutionaries and everything as well. It would be too much. Uh, I wasn't even trying to do that that time. But, but F-class theory, obviously. Okay, F-class well, theory. you know. Just saying, think about that theory when you talk, when you bring up these Luffy, Luffy, Jenny. I want you to have this in the back of your the mind. The eating, man, forward. is the eating. The eating and the Nika. We don't see <laughs> we don't see that many people do Nika. And we've seen Luffy and Jenny do Nika. Luffy and uh, Bonnie do Nika, Nika like that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Luffy and Leia. Okay. They, they eat. Okay. Well. Garp doesn't eat. Man. Let me tell you. Man. What's been going on with you? 
How's your what's week been, been? What's been going on with me, man? Well, you know, that's, I told you about the date I went on uh, last week. You know, it was very nice. Um, we played a mm-hmm. uh, played catch, and you know, we've been texting a little bit since then. Um, and I tell you though, man, like you know, the, the thing is. I am like trying so hard to get out of texting. I'm like, please just schedule a date with me so I can stop texting. <laughs> like, I hate that this whole thing when you start dating and it's like, I have to tell you that I'm thinking about you all the time. And it, it's great. Like things feel like they're going well. Like she'll text me, but she's like yeah. weirdly, even when we schedule our first date, she's like weirdly bad at responding to like, if I send multiple texts, she'll like respond to the last one, even if one of them was about scheduling. And I'm like, girl, let's go see this Miyazaki, Miyazaki movie on Monday. And then she'll just like double text me about other things in the same day. And I'm like, can we just do this so I can schedule it so I don't have to keep with this? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I feel like there's a couple of different problems there, right? So one, it feels like you're, you're complaining that you have to do you have to do too much in terms of maintaining contact with this person through text. And the other problem is that she she she's not she's not the most responsive to all of your messages, right? Like, I, I'm trying to get because at first when you see when you you started talking about like you know these texts, like I have a I have an issue with texting. I thought it was it was gonna be kind of kind of the former, right? Where it's just like there there's not as much of a, a boundary there. You know, it's there's pe- people can be a lot more intrusive with their like with their texting than they can with calling because it's like, you know, if I, if I, if I text you at like 2 AM and you're asleep, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Because like, it's, I'm not disturbing you or anything like that. Whereas with, you know, phone calls and whatnot, like, I don't know. Um, I guess, I guess what, 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 bo- is it, is it the scheduling stuff that bothers you more or lack of responsiveness? Like, what is it? I do not feel like you can really get to know someone who you don't know that well through text messaging. Right. Like, I can't get my personality out. We can have fun and, like, joke about things a little bit, whatever. I want the – basically, like, when we're in the stage before we know each other like that, I want basically the only texting we do to be, like, when can we meet up? And then, like, we Mm -hmm. meet up there. Maybe I even call you and we schedule that. And then maybe if we get to know each other better, we start texting like a normal amount. But like, you know, I like being present in what I'm doing the rest of the day. And and it's the, it's the, it's the, it's that she is some, like she's slowly responsive to the scheduling stuff, but then she texts me all all this other stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) I want to see you. That's not going to change based on how much we're texting. Okay. And I want you to just schedule this with me. Yeah. But I feel like I have to keep texting you all this other stuff. Until the crazy you- thing is that is nowadays, I feel like with all these, like all the apps and um, especially, I mean, this was through pre-COVID, but especially through post-COVID, like that is how people get to know each other nowadays, right? Like you, you, if you're, if you're looking to date someone, you might be, you might be talking to them on Tinder for like three weeks or I don't know. I've never, I've, I've, I've never actually like used any of these apps before, but like, you know, you might be texting with someone on, 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 on like Tinder or Grindr or whatever for weeks before you actually meet them in person. Right. You um, on Grindr? And I, Ooh. I mean, this is <laughs> not, not, not for my lifestyle, but you know, other people. Um, But yeah. And I mean, to be part, like, to be fair, it's kind of like, I'm, I, I, I see your point where it's like, you, 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 you can be anyone you want to be through text. 
You know what I mean? Anyone. Like you don't actually get to know who someone really is behind on the other side of the screen, right? Like if you send me a text, if you if I'm talking to you in person, you're you're gonna see how I respond to that in real time. You know what I mean? Whereas you send me a text, I might not respond to you like you know for a couple hours. You know, think and I'll no. and I'm gonna especially if this is some girl that I'm trying to get interested in me, I'm gonna be thinking about exactly what I want to say, how I want to say it, and planning that. It's not very natural, but at the same time, I, I just I, I think that's just like the kind of society that we live in at this point, right? Like that that's just how it feels like that's just how people meet each other nowadays. Man, that's why I tell women after the first date, I say I'm not a big texter. I say I, I want to see you again. That's not gonna change. I don't want to text all the time. <laughs> I said it to her too. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Do you, do you- Every yeah. time I've said that, it's actually been really good. And those have been like the last few relationships that I've been. I mean, not, I, not that I've been in relationships, but they all the last few women I've like seen steadily for like a, a serious period of time. Really? But like, it, you, you're right that it's the it's the world we live in. But it it is, you know, I remember talking about like uh, a week ago, I think it was about talking about the the woman I wanted to date with. And she, you know, wanted kids or whatever a couple years later. And so she she turned me down because of that. And at some point I was trying, I was, I had accepted it and I was trying to be like, Hey, listen, you know, I am, you know, Hey, this is not what I want. I am not pleased, but you know, that's uh, what it is. I kind of got to accept that, bro. You know what that sounded like in a text message? <laughs> like yeah. it is not yeah. what I want, period. I am not pleased, period. Like you sound no. like you're behaving badly. You know what's the crazy thing? So I didn't actually learn about this until I started. I, I I had my first my first girlfriend, right? And so this is like in like twenty at the start of like twenty nineteen. I'm like twenty five. I didn't realize that people took stuff like periods as like aggression, right? Like right right. Like if you if 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 you're not like sending your texts with like exclamation points and like emojis and all these other things, that people will start to think that you're mad at them. Or sometimes someone right. will like message me something. They'd be like, "Are you okay with this? Or do you want to do this?" And I'm just, like, my my response might just be K, like literally just the letter K. Right, right, and right, right, right. They're like, "Well, is there something wrong? Are you upset?" Blah, blah, blah. And because to your point, there is like a whole like communication is very challenging through text, right? And it's it's hard it to 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 get off like to portray exactly how you feel and what you're trying to say through text sometimes. Um, I just, I don't know a good alternative right nowadays because it's like calling is just too intrusive. You know what I mean? Like, unless I need something done like immediately or like absolutely urgently, I'm not trying to like call people all that frequently, right? So it's like how to stay in touch. Yeah. Which Why we got to stay in touch? Let's schedule a time to meet again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we don't know each other that well we're just like what yeah. we're texting is just a bunch of like nonsense and bs like like it's literally just giving feedback hey i'm thinking about you just so you know like yeah hey i'm thinking about you just so you know don't worry and i'm like yeah. i'm not trying to live a life where i'm that insecure i'm not trying to live a life where i'm pulled out of whatever i'm doing right now right like if i was sitting here right now in this conversation and my mind is going off to oh my god like did uh did she text me then that yeah. Then I'm not able to be present and enjoy what I'm doing in my life the rest of the yeah. time. I'm like, look, when I say after the first date, like if I put my tongue down your throat, I probably want to see you again <laughs> at least one time. I don't know about three times. We don't know that at this point. But like, yeah. you know, let's 
let's let's schedule that and make it happen and maybe we're both busy and it'll take a second but this thing that we're doing we're trying to just give feedback that we're constantly still interested and in that you're not really portraying a version of yourself because it's impossible but you're trying to like impress the person and seem cool or whatever yeah. uh like that's not a fun thing and i'd rather not have my experience with the person colored by that i'd rather have it colored by just showing up and like how do they show up as a person have you ever had a girl get mad at you for your like texting etiquette um no but i do think because <laughs> i'm pretty upfront right and i like yeah. what my ex would say is like when you know i don't get the feeling that you're with me all the time but like when you're with me you are with me mm. and that's the thing like i think you know this from me as a friend probably it's like yeah. when i'm in something i'm really present and like almost kind of intensely present <laughs> yeah. but 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 when i'm with you it's like i am here i am with you and like we're spending this time and i'm being intentional about my relationship with you um and and I want to be doing that in the things that I'm doing and the activities I'm taking on and the relationships that I'm involved in, uh, not thinking yeah. about just making sure someone needs to get feedback that says I'm thinking about you. Yeah, no, I, th that, I think that's fair. And I mean, it's I think relationships are all about communicating, right? And like making sure I think the important thing is making sure your partner understands that and like why you feel that way, right? Like because, for example, like with my current girlfriend, right? Like. I, I told you about like that thing about like me responding with just a K at some point, right? At first she was just like, oh, like she asked me, so like, why do you why do you respond like that? You know, I I right. you know, I I I think like you you're upset about something when you do, and I was just like, I can stop responding like that if you want, but like that's genuine, like just like, right, right. You know, if I'm like if I'm busy, I'm working, you're like, oh, do you want to go do something Thursday night? I'm like, if I say K, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's it's literally like I said, me yes, just being like, let me, <laughs> let me respond to this and go back to what I was doing, right? Right. And like, once I, I explained yes. that to like, her. What's the issue? I said, yes. Yeah. I well, said, no, yes. The thing is, once once I explained that to her, she was she was fine with that. She's right. like, I didn't I didn't realize, but like, that's how you communicate, right? And once she understood that, everything everything is straight, right? Um. Right. I, and I think I think the, the 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 challenging thing comes when like people have just different communication styles and are not receptive to other. You know what I mean? Like right. If, right. If, if 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 in if, if in response she was just like, you know, she's like I, I I you know I don't care about how you communicate. I want you to communicate like me. And I wasn't with, like that's where you can run into problems. But like right. I I feel like to your point, as long as you are open and tell people about what what your expectations are and how you communicate with your partner like it should be fine let's hope so man yeah it's, it's one good day so far so let's see what yeah. happens yeah 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 okay i think we got one more subject we wanted to talk about i think we can i think we can we can get through it in about you know about 10 minutes uh you you yeah, i want i want you to you you it's your it's your friend who who brought it up so i want i want to hear I want you to give me the context of, of, uh, of what he said. Yeah, man. So my buddy Shosh is in town, uh, and he, you know, he was talking about his experiences in the UK. He's an Indian dude. He's talking about dealing with racism in there and everything. Uh, and he's like, well, you know, honestly, like racism is really bad everywhere, and but like it's better in America than like basically anywhere. You know what I'm saying? 
And I think part of it is this idea that, um, you know, he has the idea that homogeneity, that like at least America is a place that's not as concerned with homogeneity as other places, which I will say, I do think that's, that's generally true, but I'm also like, bro, like you're an Indian dude. And so that means that when you're in America, everyone thinks that you're like a tech guy who like works at Google, which you did. Uh, and when you're in England, everyone just thinks you're a refugee. And so, like, you're just experiencing very different things in those different cultures. And so I'm curious sort of, like, what your reaction is to that, like, as, as you know, as, like, a child of African immigrants who, like, lives in Canada, yeah. which is not in America, you know? Yeah. So I will say I I understand – so I understand exactly what your friend is saying, but I disagree with it. The reason why I understand is because you think about – I think about countries like France, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where it truly is like a melting pot. Right. Like you when you go there, you are expected to adopt their culture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you come from in the world, what traditions you have in the you 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 you, you are French first and foremost. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you should abide by their customs and their traditions and whatnot. They're not tolerant uh, of like a lot of other cultures, traditions. And I do think that is. Like that is that is racist, right? And th that is a big issue. But like, whereas in the U.S., the U.S. is much more of a mosaic, right? Because I think both Canada and the U.S. Th to a large degree were are, have been built on the backs of immigrants, right? Like you, you can. I mean, I grew up in Toronto, right? And right. You, where you have literally like, you can find almost every single country in the world in that city, right? It's just so diverse, right? And you know, a lot. There are a lot of cities in the U.S. like that as well. Um, but I think what your friend probably doesn't realize is that systemically there is like you, I, I don't even think I realized this until I moved to the U.S. in 2018. But mm. almost, I, I don't want to say every law, but like if you have a question about why so, something, there there is some law or some rule or like some some rule in place that exists, you can almost always pin it to like racism or sexism. You talk about like living in St. Louis where there is like a lack yeah, of investment yeah, yeah. in public transportation. That was one of the things that upset me the most about St. Louis, that about how poor the public transit is, right? And St. Louis is a very segregated city, right? As you know. And a lot of a lot a lot of the more rich white people live in like Clayton and in in the in the county, right? Whereas the uh, poorer people who are, you know, predominantly black live in, in the city, right? right? And, you know, there are all these like, across America, there are all these highway networks that allowed, you know, rich white people to get in and out of suburbs without having to cross through these hoods. And that led to a lack of investment in public transit because the people who are most dependent on public transportation are poor people who are disproportionately black, right? And mm -hmm. I think your friend might not even think of something like a lack of investment in public transportation as racist, but it is. You think about stuff like all of the, uh, like the the polling stations that are disproportionately closed in like black neighborhoods, for example. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's just not like, so it's, it's, it's almost so ingrained into America itself, like, Race and sexism as well, and it's it's harder for me to talk about how you know sexism is also just like deeply rooted in the U.S. because I'm not a woman, obviously, and I I've yeah, never yeah. had to experience what that like that kind of discrimination. Um, but like 
Yeah. I, so the reason why I say I, I understand what your friend says, but I disagree is just like, yeah, it, it's 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 I don't want to say racism is is almost synonymous with America because that feels kind of harsh. But like it is it, it is just they, the two are the history of this country is just so deeply intertwined with that, that I don't think that that's an accurate statement. Well, it's tough, you know. Man, I, you know what? Should I tell a funny story or should I give some real? I have a good story coming off what you just said, man. <laughs> Why don't you try and say, give give the real story and then try and add like a funny twist at the end. All right, man, I'm going to try. I'm going to see, see if I can get that on. Um, So, you know, I, one of the things that he talked about, right, is how forward people will be with some of their racism in other countries, right? Like, um, you know, he's like, yeah, like I'll be at the grocery store and someone will just like not bag my groceries. Right. Uh, or like my friend who was, I think, like, you know, Nigerian or something was talking about traveling across Europe and people saying things. You have like the examples of people throwing like bananas in the field during like Belgian soccer matches or whatever. Right. Um, and even like, you know, talking in Japan or like other like there's 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 certain things that are just like so forward. I mean, whether it's just like, why is every like blacker's backstory like Joko, you know, <laughs> or like, why is Oda like everyone's in these countries and Usopp's from Africa? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there, there's a certain way that um, they talk about, it. like in, in, in uh, Run With The Wind, uh, you know, the 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 anime about like running, right? And, and there was a book about it that I actually went and read in Japanese as well. The character Musa is like African and they're like talking about why they can go for the Hakone Eken. He's like, man, I've never run before. And the guys are like, no, no, you're African. You have like actual, and this is in the both, this is in both the original manga novel and the anime. They're like, oh, you're, you're African. Like black people have like special muscles. And like, that's actually, and I have heard Japanese athletes actually talk like that in interviews, which is which is just like bonkers. It's just like so straightforward. Um, have you read I Shield 21? Do you know Black, yeah, like yeah, Black yeah, Panther and I Shield 21? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Black guy's name is Panther, and the whole storyline is just like that Panther's this like incredible athlete because he's this black guy, right? The springs of black man's muscles. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's like supposed to be this like uplifting story about how like the white guy realized that he shouldn't just like be jealous of this guy for being black. Basically, <laughs> I need to go back and read those volumes, man. I got it right there on the shelf, right behind me, right there. Like I gotta go back and read that. But you know, it's it's um it's the kind of thing where like you know back in it's like when I was. Like, yes, they say those things in a lot of other countries, but I think uh, my friend, right, like he, you know, he went to Brown with me. He's an he's an Indian immigrant from like, a, you know, he's, he's Sikh, you know, from like whatever caste he came from there. He's a well-to-do family, right? Like now he's at, now he's at, he was at Google. Now he's, you know, working in finance in New York, highly educated friends everywhere, right? There's a very, always in the Northeast. Like it's a very specific subset of people that he spends um, a lot of his time with. And I was like, bro, it's like at my middle school, uh, and this is before I was at, you know, private school in St. Louis. At my middle school, like, we separated teams into, like, black and white. Like, it was like, oh, let's play, like, let's play, like, uh, f- football on the, on the, uh, on the, on the, on the, on the yard. Like, okay, wait, what's, how should we split the teams? Let's do black versus white. Like, that was actually what people did. <laughs> and it's just, like, the way this kind of thing is, is, oh, it was also funny, too, because his white girlfriend, who's, like, you know, She's like the child of like wealthy venture capitalists, whatever, in Palo Alto, right? She grew up in Palo Alto. And he goes to her, like, did you like, oh, did you guys do that? <laughs> and I was like, Shosh, like, <laughs> I like, I like look at her and she looks at me. They didn't have enough black people in her neighborhood to make a team. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it would have been like all against one. 
<laughs> like, like it's so funny. Like it's like there's a whole thing about being in Central Illinois too, which is like there's not like that many Latino people. Or like you know, not that many. Like, just hilarious, man. Just hilarious. And so, you know, I think it's that he doesn't have a similar understanding of it. Not to mention just with the systemic issues that are sort of everywhere, um, as you, as you're saying. And it's it was actually funny, right? You know, I have a couple a uh, little bit of Team USA gear, right? And I went down to Boombox Karaoke the other night, uh, where we went for my birthday a couple years ago with, you know, all our friends, uh, and. I'm wearing this Team USA jacket. It's got a flag in the front and a big old USA on the back. And I'm with my buddy Craig, and he he's a, he was an Olympian. Like he, you know, he so he's like making jokes about it. Oh, does that say USA on the back? What what's that mean? You know, because he knows. You know, he's he's like he knows. He's like, yeah, you're a good athlete. That's cool. You have that. I know he's you know he was a great, you know, amazing, incredible athlete. Um, and so we're just you know he's just busting my balls. And the ladies, the lady that work in the bar is like, oh, what's 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 it say? And I was like, oh, it says like USA. And she's like, oh, is that like ironic? Like, because our country sucks. And I'm just like, and I was like, I like look at Craig and I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm sure I have some of the same complaints about our country that you do. And there's like inequality, lack of public transit, like poor city design, suburbs everywhere. Um but I'll let you I'll let you get one of these jackets and make a US team and never like do I just like brag? Do I just like say like oh I'm like like I think Craig, what do I say? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> but hey, I keep yeah, wearing no. rocking my US gear because I'm proud, man. I'm proud. It's, I it's feel a like career accomplishment. It, yeah. I feel like honestly, a lot of like the that like that comparison between like the the US and like let's say Europe for example is similar to how I think about like racism in the northeast versus like racism in the south i think like people in the south are like much kinder people in general you know what i mean whereas like there's a like i i i, I don't know if i've ever told you i do not like boston as a city and boston right, right, right. has a hella nasty reputation for right. for racism but it is a very progressive city right Whereas I feel like in the in the like in the South, if I were to go to like, you know, rural Georgia, for example, right? right. Like, you know, I'm sure the people like people there are very polite, they have manners, they're kind, but like you think about like 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 uh like reproductive right, like health restrictions, you know, like in terms of like abortion care for women, or you think about like uh like voter suppression in these in like there's there's more systemic issues in place in these areas, even at like the surface kind of level. It seems like you 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 might think like these issues aren't as prominent, right? And like that's, that's and I I do think that's kind of similar to how I would think about like the U.S. versus like Europe in general. But I don't. know. It's in some places they're a little bit more prominent and like obvious, and in other places they're a little bit more just like under the surface, whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in America, you're going to go different places and find different ways. Um, So, yeah. you know, it's... Uh... Right. Yeah, no, no. What are you going to say? You, are you, I feel like you want to say, I don't want to cut you off. Man, I was going to close out too, but I, <laughs> I'll close out. Well, you got it, it. You got it. You got it, bro. All right, man. Hey, everyone, thanks for being on. It's been a great yeah. time. I'm your fast friend. He's your smart friend. Thanks for being our friend. Subscribe, like, whatever. Uh, Peace. All right, take it Happy easy. Happy Hanukkah. Now. Peace. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs>